We're actually gonna set up like an intro with this one. I'm joking. I code open you. Hey, you motherfucker! <laughs> I well, knew that shit was coming too. You know, I'm trying to get an intro. We're trying to figure. I'm trying to figure that out. I just been, you know, working for the man, trying to pay taxes because that's what we do here in the United mm-hmm. States. But anyway, yeah. welcome to Couch on Fire podcast, the Afterburn with Rob and Griffin. And, and, and. sorry, I thought that was. Yeah, you best believe it. <laughs> but anyway, so. Now, Yes, go on. Now, this episode and the following episodes to come is a subject very near and dear to both of our hearts. Pornography. So this is actually some of the some of the. Well, yeah, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. That's for the uh, that's for the Patreon supporters. Oh, there you go. We'll go in depth on all the different styles, like Italian versus Japanese versus German versus like dark German. Um, we'll try some of the more fucked up stuff, like Mister Hands and all whoa, that kind whoa, whoa. of stuff. Dark German. Sounds like a good dark beer. German. That sounds like a beer. <laughs> Trust me, it's only for the most uh, discerning of connoisseurs. But before I get off track again, today's episode is going to be about Game of Thrones. Yes. Hit HBO show, and to a lesser extent, the hit book series by George R. R. Martin. Weren't the books called like Ice and Fire? Or... Yeah, Song of Ice and Fire. So were all the books called that? It wasn't like the Harry Potter. Well, books that's... where like every t- every book had its own title. Well, no, every book had its own title, um, but Song of Ice and Fire is like the saga. It's like the series. Oh. You know, it's, it's like, so the first book was Game of Thrones. The second book was, I think, A Feast for Crows. I might be getting that wrong. And it's like Storm of Swords, Dance of Dragons. There's all these little, like, ofs, like blank of blank. Um, <laughs> I think Game of Thrones just has a nice ring to it. I think they probably could have stuck with that one. Even though I like Storm of Swords and Feast for Crows, it's a pretty neat little title. Um, but commonly, these days, everyone knows it as Game of Thrones. Well, I think the biggest thing about the title, um, the, the titles that you're telling me, they sound wonderful, they sound good to intelligent people. But to the simple-minded <laughs> but the, the simple, the simple minded people, oh, this, uh-huh. this must be a Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes That's the one... Gotta, That's the one with uh, with Boromir in it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta dumb it down for us. So yeah. let's, let's take it down to the low end. So, but bam, season one. Oh, are you ready? I'm excited. I, I'll tell you this right now. So when season one came out, I did not watch Game of Thrones. I am I am one of those people that I think after season three, all my buddies were like, "Dude, you should check out this TV show. It's called Game of Thrones." And I was like, "Eh." I watched the first episode and, you know, I saw some uh, some brother and sister action. I thought that was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this isn't for me, so I moved on with my life. Then, about two years... I think that would make it like an instant watch, don't you think? <laughs> well, at that time... I Why just, would that be a deal breaker for you? I don't know. At that time, it just... It was that, and I didn't really understand. I was confused. Like, it's, like I said, I'm a simple-minded man. I was confused about how... Targaryen, House Stark, House this, and what the hell's going on in the Vale? What the hell's the Vale? You know, all that's, this stuff. It was, that's unfortunately, it's a very common reaction. Yeah, so I was so I was appalled at first. So I stepped away. But about two years ago, when I started working for Harris Teeter, um, which is a lovely grocery train, by the way, I'm not sponsored. Um, when I started, mm-hmm. when I did start working for them, um, I had a couple colleagues of mine were like, you should get back into it. It's much different. At that time, season six, was in season seven was just about to come out so a month before season seven came out i binge watched everything 
So it's still kind of fresh on my mind. I know you probably haven't seen season one in a while. Well, I haven't seen it in years. I had to go actually look up a recap right before we started this just to kind of get back up to speed. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. That guy was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that happened. I completely fucking forgot about this one. Well, uh, but th- there's so much But going your on. reaction is – what's up? There's so much going on in season one. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It, it, it does have a – it's got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to juggle. And it's a very common reaction to be like, you know, kind of what the hell is this? Um, I actually, I'm not going to lie, same thing happened to me. When I first started, before I read the books, I started trying to watch the show. And it's like there's five different white guys all with the same color of hair. And they have like one letter difference in names. And I can't (laughs) follow what the fuck they're doing. Uh, Boromir's here for some reason. And I just, I dropped it after the first, oh, punched the mic there for a second. He was at, <laughs> I dropped it after. He was that pissed. I dropped it after the first episode and, you know, just never went back. Yeah. And then I found the books on sale in Barnes and Noble. I snatched them up. The shortest book in the series was like 800 pages. And I read the entire series in like three months. And it's like, okay, I got to see this now. And I went back and everything actually made sense. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, that's Rob. You know, that's Theon. You can tell. You know, he's the guy with the with the chin. Well, you know? I, I will say this. And for the listeners that don't know too much about Game of Thrones, and you're definitely, this is your first time pick, listening anything about it, I will say this. Give it a chance. I mean, so at least watch about six episodes. I say six episodes. Some people say three or four. I was hooked after, I mean, after I initially watched the first episode and I wasn't hooked, and then I waited years later after the first episode it started getting better because once you because honestly it's just like anything else you meet someone on the street you hear their name but then you probably forgot it later because you got to hear it more than once here's my yeah but uh here's my question for you you say six episodes what was the episode or specifically what was the moment that took you from okay i'll watch another episode to this is fucking awesome i need to binge this um i would probably say the first oh, give me a second i gotta go back in the time hey, hey take your time man <laughs> take your time, time all right so it starts off you know honestly learning about i mean well i'll say this because this is the thing that intrigues me about the whole series but learning finding out about this in season one um you know you don't really learn about these things north of the wall but learning about the wall Mm-hmm. I think was the biggest was the the biggest thing for me. And once I heard about a group of men called the Night Watch, I thought that was mm-hmm. that was just fucking. I was Close like, enough. oh, that's pretty pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool because mm-hmm. you know, with you know, it was just there's so much going on, and there's not much action. I mean, there's action. There's some jousting scenes in season one. There's some obviously some fighting scenes. Um, there's some battles, but. It's not as action packed as everything else. I think the the wall, the Night's Watch, and then seeing um oh God man, what is her fucking name? The blonde chick. Um, Cersei. Cersei. No, 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 no. Not Daenerys. Daenerys. Yes, and then seeing Daenerys naked is probably the two best things. <laughs> <laughs> the trophy in there. And uh, yeah. for pe- for people that don't know, please watch it. You'll you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, um, um, but that—that's actually. Now, now finish up your thought. I, I'm gonna. This is gonna be something of a problem. I'm very passionate about Game of Thrones. I well, start talking over people. No, no, no. It's okay. So, to you know, I, 
I'm, we're not going to sit here and tell you word for word what happened during the season. We, I recommend, mm-hmm. and I know Griffin recommends, you should definitely check out the season. I will definitely say um, learning about the, the Night's Watch, learning about who's up there, learning about, um, you know, Jon Snow, the bastard child, because um, that's how you – that's pretty much what you learn in season one, that he's a bastard child. And mm-hmm. that he – in the purpose of the Night's Watch. That's really intriguing. And then you see this hot um, blonde chick who I believe in the book is supposed to be only 14. <laughs> yeah, she's actually younger. I think she's like 12. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so. but she, she's, <laughs> she's definitely 18 in the TV show because for legal purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, that whole that whole thing. So let's – yeah, let's let's break it down. Let's talk about Let's talk about one thing at a time. Let's talk about the Starks. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the Starks? What is your opinion, book and movie and TV show wise? TV show, I I enjoyed them. You know, they had a, a really great kind of back and forth, uh, really great chemistry together. All the actors are very uh, very good at what they do. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with the idea of Jon Snow at first, like his compared to how he was in the books. Yeah, because in the books he was he was just kind of like a, a total dweeb. Like he was just a, a little nerd. He just sat there, got his ass kicked by Rob all the time. You know, Caitlin hated him or Catelyn, excuse me. She hated his ass. He was kind of he was a like a more sympathetic character. He got his ass kicked all the time. Yeah. Um, Arya is just as awesome as she was in the books. I think she's actually better in the show. I think I love Maisie Williams' portrayal of her. She's amazing. Uh, one of my favorite characters, although they did kind of, kind of give her the business in the last season, but we'll get to that. Um, I, I think I really did not like Sansa at first, but that's kind of the point. You know, you're supposed to hate her at first because she's yeah. supposed to be like in this in this show about subverting the tropes of classic fantasy. She is a trope herself. She's like the just a clueless princess in search of Prince Charming. Um, and she undergoes a lot of growth over the course of the show because of that. Well, I mean, char- but I'm, character development in this show period is amazing. Yeah. I think I remember um, when you said you were going to start watching Game of Thrones, I told you to make a list of your favorite and least favorite characters in the first yeah. season and then compare it in the last season and see Oh yeah, what, what changed. Because a lot of stuff's going to change. A lot of people's names and faces are going to change. I mean, I'll, Who would? I would tell you one right now, but it might spoil it for the people. But then again, I guess if you haven't seen it and you're watching this, then... Yeah. I mean, for one thing, welcome to Western Civilization. We hope you enjoy your time yeah. here. And <laughs> another thing, you know, you, you had plenty of chances to duck out at this point. This is pretty much a spoiler alert for everything going forward. I mean, you know, first season, I fucking hated Jamie Lannister. He is retarded. He's stupid. He was pointless. <laughs> he was just a sister fucking man. And I was like, why is he even here? Oh, he can he can wield a sword. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then as it progresses, and we'll learn as we recap these, he just gets better in time. And it's, you know, it's just like a good old age wine. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, he really over, overwent a massive transformation. My... Um, my- Real quick, my so my views on the Starks, um, I agree with you, hundred percent. I think the family was great. I think um, I loved Ned Stark. I love, I I definitely agree from someone that was confused. I was more confused about the Starks because they were all the same, 
know. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like especially, the dude. Especially after the um, after the scene where they went and they got like went to a barber or something, and they all got their beard shaved and their oh, haircut yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Rob, Rob, Theon, and John looked exactly the fucking same to me for the rest of the episode. Oh man. I could not tell them apart for the life of me. Theon. <laughs> um. No, I, I agree. I agree. And then, like, you know, that scene when um, when they found that, is it a dire wolf? Or is yes. It like, yeah, they find that dead dire wolf with all those puppies. And they're mm-hmm. all just hanging out around. Like, to me, Jon Snow was the only one that was that looked a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But he had the same hairstyles, all the Starks. So, you know, besides the women, the women, well, besides, uh, uh what's her face? All right, you're going to learn this throughout these recaps. I am horrible at the names. Um, so we're just gonna call her. Is it the mother? We're gonna call her Red, not the mother, the daughter. You already said Sansa. It. Sansa. So we're gonna call her Red. She is the only one that actually looked the, the most different out of all all the Starks. Yeah, even it, from, it was because of the red hair. I think yeah. you know it was a it was a much brighter, flashier red than uh, than Catelyn's kind of like more yeah. auburn kind of look. But for the for the King of the North and the whole idea of you know the North is great. So. You know he's the king, so I'm gonna ask questions too because you're this super fan. And okay, so he is the king of the north, but isn't there other like kingdoms around the north, or he's just just that part? Well, of the specifically, um, if you're talking about Ned Stark in the in the show and in the books, uh, he's not actually a king. He's what's called the Warden of the North. So okay. in the books, um, before the Targaryens came and took everything over. There were seven kingdoms, hence the name, you know, the seven kingdoms of Westeros and stuff. And there was a King Stark. I think his name was King Torin Stark. Um, and, you know, um, Daenerys's like, great-great-grandfather, Aegon the Conqueror, came yeah. over on his dragon and just started fucking everything up and burned the shit out of, like, uh, you know, the, the Reach and King's Landing and everything, just killed a whole bunch of people. And uh, Torin Stark saw that shit and said, "Fuck that," and he <laughs> surrendered without a single without a single life being lost. And so to this day, he's known as the King Who Knelt and everything. Yeah. Um, but because of that, instead of being like a prisoner and stuff, um, Aegon Targaryen allowed him to become the Warden of the North. It's basically kind of like a steward, um, a lord above lords, so to speak. And the Starks have held that that position for. Hundreds of years after the uh, after the conquest. Okay. Now. Um, wait a minute. What was the original question? No, the... What were you saying? Oh, were there other kingdoms? Um, yeah, there's other lordships and stuff like that. And then, of course, beyond the wall, you have the wildlings and everything like that. But uh, the Starks are supposed to be like the de facto rulers of the North, answerable okay. only to the king. Which makes sense because, spoiler alert, Ned Stark dies and Rob kind of takes over but he has to you know gather the people of the north to mm-hmm. fight with him to go fight you know go to king's landing and take the fight to the lannisters um, yeah so no that that definitely makes sense because that's what i was wondering because if you look at the map it's like okay you see the north you see the wall but then you see like over to the left you got the veil and then over mm-hmm. to the right you got um these this fucking bridge what is that called uh the twins yeah the twins so you're just like so it's just you know it's so I just, yeah the twins. What's up? Yeah, so that's where I was confused because I was like, is so do they do they go to the north 
or they just or are they just kind of like you know Canada. <laughs> no, the the Vale the Vale is its own separate um, little kingdom. It's okay. something like the North, um, but they too, you know, they only answer to the king. Um, and the twins are part of what's called, I think, the Riverlands. Um, okay. They're another separate kingdom. Uh, they answer to Catelyn's uncle, I think, father, one of those, the Tullys, the okay. one, the people with the fish. Oh, yes, um, okay, yeah, I gotcha. And that's originally why Catelyn Tully married, uh, well, first it was supposed to be his brother, and then his brother died, um, Ned Stark. Yeah. It was, it was like an alliance thing that then grew to be like a true love kind of thing between those two. Well, like like how the, what's-his-face from the twins said, yeah, you can cross my bridge, Rob, but you gotta marry one of my daughters. Right, because yeah, then if he did become king in the north like he was supposed to be, then, you know, he would basically be, like, the warden of the Riverlands. You oh, know, okay. So in, that would give him more power. Yeah, it was a political move. And that's why there were so many consequences when Rob didn't actually end up marrying that woman. Okay. So, okay. I not, get it. Not, not saying it was necessarily justified <laughs> what he decided to do, but, you know, it didn't just fall out of the fucking sky, you know? There was there was a cause and effect. <laughs> But let's let's back up for just a second because I, I yeah. need to talk about the opening scene of Game of Thrones, the very first scene With where beyond the wall, there's a little a little scouting party of the Night's Watch, yeah. people we don't know and won't ever know because they're all about to fucking die. The first time we run into the White Walkers, five minutes into the show. I'm pretty. What sure. were your thoughts? So, well, I'm, you know, instantly I'm like, yes, this this is a show about fucking zombies. There's something going on here. <laughs> But isn't that the only time you really see the White Walkers? It's the only time this season, and you only ever see them again. I think it's like the end of season two, which is one of the most like. Well, no, I for me at yeah. that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. you remember that yeah, point, yeah. man. Oh, that yeah, shit yeah. was crazy. Well, you know, I was I, freaking out. I had goosebumps. It was amazing. I take that back. You don't really. I you do see another White Walker. Well, more of a zombie. Really? When? There's a scene in season one. It's in the um the Night's Watch where they brought in old Night's Watch guys. They drug them back in because they went out there to go look for um um was his uh Jon Snow's uncle. And yeah. they they found some dead bodies of old Night Watch guys and they bring them in. And one of them's in the um lair cuz remember Jon Snow, he's not a searcher. What is he? He's just like a stewardess guy. A guy that takes care yeah. of. He's like a stable boy. And he's Pretty much. he's inside this uh he's inside like um the camp. And the old, uh, he, the dead guy rises up, and then Rob tries to stab him, and he doesn't die with the regular sword. But then they light him on fire, and he does die. So that's kind. Ah. So you kind. He's not really a White Walker, but he, but he's definitely something different. Yeah, he's he's kind of like a zombie, basically. Yeah. Which okay. Is, yeah, I, I'm remembering that now. Yeah, that yeah. that kind of brought me back. But it was very, very fast, and it wasn't like they didn't put emphasis on it. Like, oh my god, you know, it really wasn't. I don't think season one, they, they really wanted you to learn the characters, learn the politics mm-hmm. before you learn. What yeah, they just kind of wanted to leave it in the background so it doesn't just come out of nowhere. So, when uh... So for them, the show, like, the White Walker in the very first ten minutes is crazy. <laughs> like... Especially since, like, the equivalent scene in the books, they don't explain what it is. They just—it's like a shape in the snow, or it's like a, a whisper in the ice, or something like that. 
it's a movement and then they're all fucking dead except for that one guy who runs off wow so that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to ask the question because like for me I read all the books and stuff I knew what that was but you going in completely blind having no fucking clue I just wanted to get like what was your initial response being you know like oh shit you know as a huge fan of horror I was intrigued I was pulled in um, like I said, it's the events that happen after that that kind of pushed me away a little bit. But then I got pulled back in when I saw some nudes. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then obviously when I learned that there's like this, you know, there's this kingdom. Um, you know, there's this land in the north. It Basically, the north is kind of in faults with the south. But, this, you know, it's, this whole thing is going on. But then there's this random ass fucking snow wall just chilling up there, and it just mm-hmm. kind of just, I'm like, what? What is that? And it just intrigued me. The wall, the whole wall thing just intrigued me because it's like, because I remember seeing that thing on the other side of the wall. They're not really talking about it, but then they're talking about how people are like, you go to the wall, you're up there for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> yes. And uh, and that that's actually something that really when I first watched the show even though I ended up dropping it that's one of the things that really intrigued me was first the idea of the wall itself because if if you build a wall it's got to be because it's got to be for a reason. They don't just do that for no reason. There's something they're trying to keep out or something they're trying to keep in. You know, it's kind of sets up a mystery just right off the bat. And second, you know, it's it's a <clears throat> cliche as old as time about the noble order of knights you know they swear their lives to this oh, yeah. okay. this noble calling and stuff and the knights watch we meet in the show are just kind of assholes man they're like they're thieves and rapists well, say, and muggers and they're pretty much all ex-cons besides like a handful of people that actually volunteer to go up there and yeah it's it's uh it's it's kind of like the the opposite of the traditional like noble knightly order of brothers and stuff like that it's just it's basically like a get out of jail free card Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I um, I, I love that you see the wall. It definitely gets me in there. This is why, if I had to, uh, season one's great. It's a good introduction, and we're probably, you know, we're about to talk about the the rest of it. But the wall thing, I think, to me, opened up the box. And as the seasons progress, the wall just becomes more of a iconic character, just like Jon Snow is. Just but it's a wall. But the wall actually becomes more of the character than anything else. But we'll talk about that when it gets more yeah. involved. So, okay. So we got the Starks. So we know what's going on. So out of nowhere, I think, um, so Ned Stark goes down south to become, you know, the wingman to the king. So the king is Robert yeah. Baratheon, right? Oh, I fucking love Robert Baratheon. Oh, he is he is well, the actor, I forget his name, but he's he's Mark Addy. Yeah, he is just like a a comedian trapped in I mean, he's just great. It's I agree. And I love that he goes up there and that's when we find out a little bit. And this is very important and I hate to talk about it, but you know, about Jamie Lannister and having sex with the queen mm-hmm. who is his sister. It's very important to know that because throughout the season you that's this is pretty much why Ned dies. Um but so they definitely had some sex. Now it didn't. See, I, I'm trying to get away from now. This. Go on. Now let's. Now if I can just kind of linger on this for just a minute. Um, to you, what was the what was the kind of most shocking part of that scene? The fact that here's this guy, you know, fucking his sister, or the fact that he immediately oh, no. afterwards like pushes a child out of a window. I think the, he 
pushed the child out of the window. Because just like everyone else, I thought he was dead. And I was like, wow, this poor kid who was introduced as, you know, this royal family, the Starks, just died. Mm-hmm. And and it was so it was so casually, it was so out of nowhere. There wasn't any musical cue or, or sad montage or anything just, like that. It's just, just standing, boom. He's just standing next to him. What are we going to do about this? I don't know. Bam! Just throws him, fucking pushes him out of the damn window, nonchalant, and then goes back and probably fucks her again. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? I'm ready to go again after that one. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. probably like, you got me really hot now. You're pushing boys out mm-hmm. the window. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll um, be honest, from from the Cersei from later seasons, I wouldn't be surprised if that was her fetish. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, so that when that happened, that was kind of crazy. Um, but it, that, that, I don't know, that just didn't, it, that didn't bother me so much. I mean, Bran as a character later I understand why but it goes back to what you said I'm not saying he was he was my number one I hated Jamie Lannister but Bran Stark is definitely in my top three of why is he even in this fucking season when I was watching season one I was like he's pointless he's because after he falls he doesn't die after he falls right. out after he falls off this I don't know let's just say 20 foot drop the boy's in a coma and I'm just like, so he's in the coma like a good quarter of the season. Mm-hmm. I would, I wouldn't say half because he definitely comes back out. But it's just like a quarter of the season he's in a coma. So it's like, this is pointless, and you forget about him because then I, th- I think they. Make I think you, the problem. What's up? No, I said they make you like kind of forget about him because they, they pull Ned Stark out of the north and he goes to King's Landing to be the right hand man, the king. And then, like, his family follows because they do investigation and they find out that, you know, some blonde person fucking was doing some shit, shady shit up there. So, yeah, they kind of make you forget about him. So it's like, hmm. I think that's a, that's a problem that I kind of have with Bran as a character. Yeah. Throughout the entire show, he just he kind of exists. Like, he exists to cause plot points to happen. Problems. He exists later on as a solution to problems that don't necessarily need to be solved. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I feel like his character is wasted and I honestly think, I mean, it was the same thing in the books. I honestly think he'd be better off just having died. Yeah. I mean, we do get like the whole green seer thing and the, and like the three eyed Raven and that's neat and everything. But I don't, why is his character here? Well, later, well, well, you, we'll leave that as a question. Why is he here for this for this season recap? And we'll come back to that mm-hmm. question next next uh, recap. Cause every season we'll act, we'll continue to talk mm-hmm. about Bran because every season you start to learn a little bit more. Well, TV show wise, why he's here, but right. book wise, I'm sure he's probably just a shitty fucking character. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a big enough cast. There's going to be one or two of them. Yeah. All right, so Robert Baratheon goes, you know, they all go back to King's Landing. That's that sounds great, you know. And then you see this, um, then you meet the Lannisters. Let's talk about the Lannisters, okay? So now, so the Mad King, that was so who, the Mad King. Who was the Mad? He was a he wasn't a Lannister. He was a Targaryen, correct? Right. Okay. Correct. Who killed Mad King? Was it Jamie or was it Robert? It was it was Jamie. It okay. was Jamie. Okay. Um, you, you do learn that. I think it's season yes. one. Yes. Okay. Well, no, you learn it. I think it's like season four or five. Okay. He talks to Brienne about it, about what led him to become the Kingslayer. Yeah. Um, 
And it's kind of like the start of his turnaround, so to speak. Yeah. Well, so, you, okay, so you got the Mad King dies, and then I guess Robert Baratheon takes over. Um, which I don't know how that all happens, but maybe, you know, maybe we do something. Yeah. Well, basically, it, to, to try and uh, concisely lay it out, in the books, um, the Mad King, he got his name for a reason. He was fucking crazy. Um, and Ned's father and brother went down to King's Landing to basically say, like, quit being such a bitch. So <laughs> the Mad King killed them by burning them alive. Like, he burned both of them alive in, in view of the court and everything. Um, and at the time, Ned and Rob, or Robert, excuse me, were both being taken care of by John Aaron, yes. who is Lysa Aaron, like the crazy woman, you know, with the with the, the stupid-ass son up in the veil. Oh, um, that's breast, her, breastfeeding her, you know, 17-year-old son. <laughs> yes, yes. Um... Her husband, John Aaron, was raising uh, Robert and Ned. And the Mad King sent him a letter saying, listen, you give me those two boys because I'm ready to burn some more or I'm going to kill you. Um, And John Aaron says, well, fuck you, guy, and enters into an open rebellion. So he actually kicked off the rebellion against the Mad King with uh, Robert and Ned. And they became like kind of his little lieutenants, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and the reason why Robert became king is because he was the first one to make it to the throne room after. Well, actually, uh, I think Ned was the first. But either way, either way, he got there basically first after Jamie had killed the king, and said, "Well, I'm king now." And Ned said, "Well, okay, I don't, I, I don't want to be king. You enjoy that. Go have fun." Um, well, didn't the Mad King? And then, the Mad King had kids though. Didn't he have a son and daughter? He did, yep. Uh, <laughs> um, and that that brings us back into the Lannister side of things. Yeah. Um, there were three children on the, uh, well, I think it was four children actually on the on the the Targaryen side. Yeah. Uh, Daenerys and Viserys they got smuggled out safely, and they made it down to I think it was like. Pentos or something like that. One of those like old ass countries on the other side of the world. They got there safely. And then the other two, the mountain um, under the command of Tywin Lannister just murdered the shit out of them. I mean, just like bashed, took this one kid and just bashed his brains against a wall and then took the Mad King's wife, raped her, killed her, you know, nice, pretty, pretty messed up situation. Um, Does that make me messed up? Because I said nice. <laughs> eh, look, man. Whatever gets your rocks, you know. I'm I'm not here to judge. Well, well so but, well, real quick, the listeners at home, this is stuff mm-hmm. you don't really learn this in season one. This is more of like stuff that was going on in the book, right? So this is like a prequel. Well, not specifically, not specifically per se, like the books. Books. Yeah. Um, most of my information about like the later on, like the before it happens stuff, there's a book that was released detailing the lore of the Game of Thrones world. It's called The World of Ice and Fire. Okay. That's where I'm getting a lot of this stuff from. But it's good to know because uh, it sets people up because now knowing this, things are making more sense. Even though I've seen all seven seasons, mm-hmm. this is making more sense now. Because I've, I, you know, even, you know, watching recaps and things like that, it's just kind of confusing sometimes because you're like, well, 
he had two kids, and then where did the Lannisters fit in when Robert walked in and says, I'm king? So it's just one of those things, because they don't really talk about, they just talk about, you know, Jamie Lannister. His, well, if, yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. basically Robert was the face of the rebellion, hence why it's called Robert's Rebellion, and that's why uh, he eventually became king. Um, and originally, believe it or not, the Lannisters were actually allied with the Mad King, um, with the Targaryens and stuff. But they had a huge falling out uh, that was kind of punctuated by... You, you might have been wondering why Jaime Lannister, the like the heir to the Lannister name, was in the Kingsguard. Yeah. Where you're... It's a, it's a life... Like, it's you're sworn for life. You can't, you can't inherit anything or nothing like that. Yeah. Well, it's the opposite of the, um, the Night's Watch. It's like it's actually it's actually pretty close. They have a lot in common with their vows and stuff. Yeah, like well, they can't you can't you can't be king or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, you can't be a lord. You give up all your rights and stuff when you join the king's guard. You only live to protect the king. And the Night's Watches they wear all black. The King's Guard wears mm-hmm. pretty much all white or gold. So yeah, I mean I can. It's definitely oh, the opposite. Well, I, I didn't even make that that connection, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, basically, when the king first started going crazy. He got really pissed off at Tywin Lannister and said, well, you know what, bitch? I'm going to take the heir to your name, the heir to your family, and name him to the Kingsguard. And there ain't shit you can do about it. And he appointed him Kingsguard and pretty much ruined uh, Tywin's chances. He wanted him to be like his heir. He wanted Jaime to inherit the Lannister name and everything. Which explains both why, you know, Tywin's such a sour piece of shit and, uh, and why Jamie is in the Kingsguard for some reason, which I, when I first watched the show, made no fucking sense. Well, real quick, Tyrone Lannister, why, like, he was pretty much at war the whole fucking first season. What, what was he doing? Like, why was he just going around with his, was he doing that on the behalf of Robert? Because that's his king now? Or was he just, what the fuck was he doing? Well, what you mean, like, at war? I mean, he was, he was always. You mean when war. things finally, like, kick off? Yeah. In season one, remember? Mm-hmm. Well, not at war, but he's always—he's just not around he's in the always, kingdom, <laughs> right? Um, basically, after after the rebellion and stuff, he kind of—he didn't want to have anything to do with anything. He just wanted to be left alone so he can make his money and okay. assure his family name. Because I mean, shit, his uh, his daughter was married to the king, so his okay. his political power is already kind of set in stone. Uh, and he was the money lender for the kingdom. Anytime the kingdom needed money, they would borrow it either from Tywin Lannister or from the Iron Bank of Bravos or anything like that. So which is, which he was is, more of a, like an in-the-background kind of character. Yeah, I mean, which is kind of ironic because one of the things that Ned Stark did when he became the second hand was realize that Robert Baratheon was just spending too much fucking money. <laughs> Way <laughs> like, too much money. He was He was bankrupting the kingdom, basically. Yeah. I mean, they owed hundreds of... I think it was more like tens of millions of, of gold pieces or something to the Lannisters and the Iron Bank and everything like that. Um, and originally, it, it's not set up this way from the beginning, but we eventually learn that uh, this war that kicks off was not the Lannisters' fault initially. It was actually set up by your boy Littlefinger. <laughs> But as soon as it does kick off, I mean, it's it's almost as if Tywin was ready for it because he jumps on that ship, yeah. sends the mountain to start raiding yeah. and pillaging the like the riverlands. You know, he gets his army oh. together. 
he's ready to go. He was ready for this war. You know, and what you're telling me makes a little bit more sense too, because if you think about it, um, like when, so when Robert Baratheon dies, because spoiler alert, he dies, mm-hmm. and does Tyrant um, Targaryen, not Targaryen, oh my God, here's the name Lannister, doesn't he? Does he know that um, his son and daughter have fucking child of incest? He. Think- strongly suspects it. Yeah. And later on in the show, Cersei confirms it before yeah. he dies. But like because yeah. because obviously Joffrey becomes king after Robert cuz technically I guess in the storyline if you follow it, uh that is his son even though it doesn't look nothing like Robert. Um but you know, so he takes over well, I guess interim king cuz once he get, becomes of age, he actually becomes like isn't he supposed to come like real king after he comes of age, or? Because mm-hmm. I yeah. think um... yes, yeah, it's, it's like a regency, so to speak. Yeah. Um... um. Okay. No, it just makes sense What's now. That? No, everything that you're saying about like the the early stages that are not really in the season one is starting to make more sense too, because you know you get to learn about you know how they spent all this money and how they're taking money from them, and now it kind of makes sense why the Lannisters would want to kill the king, Robert. By getting him drunk, yeah. I think they were in on it. That's my personal opinion. And <laughs> that whole he was why would you keep him drunk all day? And he went well, specifically the like the the whole uh, kill Robert <laughs> and put Joffrey on the throne thing uh-huh. was more of a Cersei thing, from yeah. what I understand, uh, because Rob Robert their marriage wasn't really great. Didn't yeah. really get along that well. Okay. Like he he beat the shit out of her. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, in the books, or well, in the show specifically, there's that one moment where he just like he hauls off, just punches her in the fucking face after I think they have the direwolf killed or something like that. Oh yeah, and she's talking shit, so he just fucking decks her, just casually, doesn't even like turn to the side, just oh, throws yeah. a fist. That's right. When um when that fucking wolf attacked Joffrey. Yes. Um, it was like Arya's war. Bringing back to to everything that everything is Joffrey's fault. But in the books, there's a separate scene um, where it's before the joust starts, and he punches her in the face and gives her a shiner because she talks shit to him or something. And she says something like, "You know, I'll wear this with honor, you know, in front of everybody and stuff." And he says, "Well, shut the fuck up, or I'll honor you again with another one." <laughs> You know, they they don't have the healthiest relationship. Oh man, I'm gonna do that to my wife tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I would wear this with honor. Yeah, shut the fuck up, or I'll do it again. Or maybe I'll be uh, Cersei, and she'll be Robert. She'll probably punch me. Yeah. Now they're uh, they they, we spent a lot of time talking about King's Landing and all that kind of shit, and and all the the little intrigue and politics there. What about south of the kingdom? Let's talk about Daenerys for a minute. Oh, okay. What? So south, like, so that whole uh, when um, you know, her and her brother meet up with uh, what did they call the Khal Drogo? Yes. And that whole rape fest. <laughs> um, <laughs> Even worse in the books, if you can believe it. Really? Oh. Well, because you got to keep in mind at the in the books she was like twelve. Oh, okay. So he was like destroying that. <laughs> yes. They, she actually mentions in the book how she couldn't walk for like two days. 
I mean, so. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just imagining George R. R. Martin, this old dude, just sitting there with a massive erection, just just writing about oh, yeah. this oh, like yeah. this, this grown ass man fucking a twelve year old, and and make sure to mention that he's like like they have sex like every night and all this kind of stuff. It gets gets a little bit creepy. It's a little bit hard to get into in uh, in Game of Thrones. That's one of the few times where HBO was actually not the worst of the two, if you can believe it. Although I still had problems with the with like the random HBO nudity. Yeah. Well, they had it was to, still they had to randomly throw it in there. Yeah, it was still, if you can believe it, marginally more tasteful than the books. Well, you know, so when I saw them too, I was like, wow, those those are some white blonde haired people. I'm like, okay, so I'm learning about these guys. And then when he like the brother just kind of like pawns off his sister with this. Jason Momoa looking motherfucker, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, hint that is who he is. Um, yeah, when she when she got pawned off to him and he just started having his way, I was just kind of like, wow, this is this is HBO. Because remember, I've mm-hmm. never heard about the book, so I was just like, oh, okay, so this is definitely happening. Okay, and then um, you know, as time, her relationship with him was is weird like I think after a while she either settled or she just realized this is gonna happen either way well, <laughs> they kind of started to portray it almost as like a romantic thing yeah like it's it's true love and everything and I understand they did the same shit in the books uh, that that shit is weird man that that whole that whole relationship is just fucking weird yeah and kind of gross but in in the books, it was at least explained a little bit better that the only reason why Viserys is doing this is to get uh, Khal Drogo's army because he's he wants his birthright. You know, he's well, he's yeah. ready. He thinks he's the rightful king to the to the Iron Island. I mean, to the Seven Kingdoms and everything, and he needs an army to take it back. So he's willing to do anything, including sell his younger sister into sexual slavery to get that army. Well, you know, at first I thought they were going to have sex. I thought it was going to be like another brother sister. I was like, man, how much more incest can we take? <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then when that thing, because I don't know, there's some close scenes. He's just very, I'm in your bubble. Her brother. Mm-hmm. He's just very. He talks really personal, and it's weird. For there was a time I thought he was just like you know, selling his sister. That has, I just thought she was just a piece of meat, and I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Even though later in the seasons you find out she's just badass fucking chick. So it's like. But yet again, season one, she just is a piece of meat that gets fucked, and you know, that's just crazy. We learn that she can her her kind, you know. Let's just say her, you know, her ancestors and stuff can pretty much walk in fire. Um, we learn. So when that happened, that was pretty. When she stuck her hand in the fire to pull out this egg, or she's trying to like warm up this egg, because remember she had like three random eggs with her. Mm-hmm. Um. And, yeah, I think she got him as a wedding gift or something like that. Yeah. Which is weird because dragons haven't been around, according to the the show, dragons haven't been around in years, hundreds of years. So, yes. like, where the fuck do these eggs come from? But I guess they were just hibernated, or they were artifacts or something. And then the... Ba- she, well, she, there's, a co- there's a couple of different theories about, about how that went down. Um, but in the books, they mention that the eggs were supposed to be petrified. Where basically they were preserved for hundreds of years, and they were—they're supposed to be like little curiosities, you know. They weren't actually supposed to hatch. Yeah. 
And then for whatever reason, she got this idea in her mind. It's like, hey, let me go ahead and put these in the fire, see what happens, you know? And that's what, you know, caused them to hatch. Which, for me, that's like, every season has that one moment where it's like, what? And I thought it was Ned Stark dying. Because at first, Mm -hmm. when he died, I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, for one, the actor, Mr. Bean, (laughs) you know... The actor that played uh, Ned Stark, what's his name? Jim Bean, right? What's his name? That's not Jim Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. <laughs> you say it so like, motherfucker, we've talked about this so many damn times. Yeah, we, we've mentioned this once or twice. But... Um. Anyway, but that actor, you're just like, out of all the actors in the show, you actually, people should know who he is. So it's, it's right. kind of like, so him dying was, was a shock. But to me, you know, going back to the very first scene, you see this fucking this dark evil zombie maybe spirit thing and then out of nowhere you just you hear about dragons but you don't really hear you know see about it she gets pregnant so you're like okay this guy's gonna be like this guy's just gonna be a big thing he this kid's gonna grow up and be the horse that leaves the planet to the happy land or whatever that fucking thing is next mm-hmm. thing you know it she walks out of the fire with fucking three uh Three dragons coming out of Kuka, pretty much. Yeah, that. Yeah. I, I think I think we shouldn't we shouldn't skip over that that particular scene because that was a crazy fucking scene. Even like knowing about it from reading the books, when she gets taken into the tent and there's these like demonic voices and stuff, and oh, there's yeah. chanting, and there's shadows. They they mention in the books it's like there's shadows on the wall that could not belong to a human being. Yeah, it's like they're twisted and slanted and stuff, and the voices of demons and. Didn't that did that happen? Um, so at that time, Kyle Drogo he got hurt, he got stabbed, yes. and he got affected, and then some dark witch was like, "Oh, let me spill some fucking horse blood on him, and try to save him." But then there was some weird voodoo shit that was going on. Well, specifically to start out with that that woman, I think her name was Mary Mazdur. Mm-hmm. Um, how the fuck I remember that name from all this time ago, I, I couldn't tell you. Um, she she was one of the slaves that they captured from another village, and she mentions later, after all this shit has gone down to Daenerys, it's like, yeah, you know, you saved me from, from being a slave, but my entire family was killed, I was raped like a hundred times, and stuff like that. Why the hell do you think I would be gracious to you? Uh, after Khal Drogo gets injured and it's just like a nick man he just gets like a little slash across him oh yeah um the dothraki way of treating it is to not treat it at all just let it bleed you know just like leave it open to the air but she says no 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 look we'll we'll put like some mud and shit on it it'll be fine i'm a healer and the whole time she's secretly poisoning him and making him worse and it gets to the point where he dies and come to find out later that she's a like a red priestess. She's kind of like a how uh, Melisandre was, or Masande, oh, okay. whatever the fuck her name was, the, yeah. the red lady, What's saying, that? "Look, I can bring him back, but I need a sacrifice." And at first, she thinks like, "Oh, it's his favorite stallion and stuff like that." Um, no, but but no, um, Daenerys. You know, the all the Dothraki they try and stop her from doing it because it's witchcraft and all this. Oh um, yeah, they're against that shit. So it's just... Yeah, yeah. Jorah becomes a badass and and kills the hell out of some random ass dude. Um, and then he brings her like she falls down, she injures herself, and he's concerned about the baby. So they they take her into the tent 
and it turns out the sacrifice was her unborn child. To bring Khal Drogo back, she had to sacrifice her unborn child, but Khal Drogo came back wrong. He was like a he's like a puppet. He just sat there. He would just stare at the ceiling. You know, he wouldn't do anything, say anything. And so eventually, I, I can't remember if it was in the show or not, but I remember it in the books. She, she just him. gives up and just and smothers him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it happened in the show. Yeah, she kills. She kills him. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely. Um, she just th- cries, puts a pillow over his face, and just ends his life. And then that's what leads to her having this memorial slash um, burial, which is really just catching him on fire. And she puts the mm-hmm. eggs in the fire, and then she wants to sacrifice herself. So she walks into the fire. Yeah. And, then and walks out with a couple of fucking dragons. And she's naked again. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's A plus HBO. Well done. But specifically, I mean, one one more thing to mention real quick is what the witch says to Daenerys before she gets burned alive, which is, you know, when the I think it's when the when the sun rises backwards and mountains turn to dust is when you'll have another child. Like, basically saying, you're barren, you're never going to have a child again. Which is why Daenerys takes up the moniker of Mother of Dragons, because they're her only children. For now. Yes. Spoiler alert. Do you alert. think she was telling the truth? Spoiler alert. What, with, uh... I mean, do, do you think she was telling the truth? Uh... I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, because... I question how she would know unless it's like part of the whole curse thing yeah. that she had to do as part of the ritual or something. I, I don't know. It's just kind of it's kind of hard to say. I can't. Kind of what now? It's it's hard for me to. I don't know. It's kind of hard for me to say. I I don't know if she was telling the truth. I don't know if she was just saying it. I mean, just saying it because she's fucking weird and crazy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because that, that whole thing, it's it changes the dynamic of the show and the way that things turn out. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are several times during the later seasons where she's engaged in, in, like, international politics and stuff, and she offers her own hand in marriage when she knows for a fact that it's basically worthless, you know, as yeah. far as, as continuing the line goes, because it's like she can't have kids, so she can't continue that bloodline. Well, do you... I mean, don't you think that, like, maybe... I don't know. Maybe they just looked over it and they just kind of moved on from it? Because you don't really it hear about it. It honestly might be that. You don't really... I mean, hear... it's a massive storyline. There's a lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah. So maybe... And I could easily... Because after... I mean, I could... I, could... Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, like, I can't really... You know, that was the last thing I thought about until you brought it up. Because it's kind of like... Now bringing it up, yes, it sparked some, you know, it sparked some things in my brain. But honestly, it didn't really affect me too much. I didn't. I just went on with it because now I, I, you know, I know the things that happened in the later, later seasons. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. She was definitely maybe she is lying. She's a liar. I think that's something they'll they'll probably go ahead and say if it has to. Like if it's yeah. becoming a plot hole, they'll say, oh, she was lying. She didn't know, or she was mistaken, or something like that. Um. Uh, and that's one of the, the problems that I have with, with the Game of Thrones, the early seasons. I don't think they realized where they were heading uh, with yeah. the show. And they just set up these things that they wouldn't be able to pay off later well, on down the line. 
Well, I think that might be a thing about a lot of shows that are based off books, like TV shows, because mm-hmm. you really don't know. It's Especially kind of... ongoing series, yeah, you just... like Game of Thrones was. Like Game of Thrones. I mean, I could even say the same thing about The Walking Dead. Like, I, mm-hmm. I've read the novels, and it just kind of – I don't think they knew where it was going to go, if it was going to be a smash or if they were going to actually – because if they would have stayed more true to the novels later in the seasons, I think – I'm not saying it's bad now, but it's like, I don't know. They, they, yeah. And I didn't read the books for Game of Thrones, but I feel like they definitely, I agree with you. I feel like they didn't know if it's just going to last. The direction or, that, that, yeah. uh, that George was looking to take. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, in the end, season one, you learned about characters that you need to know about because, you know, you got so, I mean, so many characters on Ravel. You, you learn the importance of, you know, the wall. You learn the importance of, you know, the, the dragons, the wall. You learn the importance of kings, the the Lannisters. Period. Because that whole mm-hmm. family's just fucked and weird, um, you know. And you learn honestly. There's there's a couple hidden characters in there. I'm trying to think. All right, so one of the La- Lannisters, the small one, the little midget. Mm-hmm. What's his fucking name? <laughs> the little midget. Tyrion <laughs> Lannister, which, which, also known as the Imp. Well, it's funny because I'm, I, I don't know his name, but he probably plays one of the biggest roles in this fucking series. Um, but yet, you learn him. He, he has a guy who's an amazing fighter that's hanging out with him in pretty much the, other, the second half of season one. Forget his name. Is it like, what is his name? Are you talking about his uh, his steward or his bodyguard? Basically, he's a bodyguard. Remember, he fought for him in the Vale. Oh yeah, Bron. That's Bron. Yes. So to me, Bron and the Mountain and um, the uh, oh my God, I'm horrible with names. I promise I'll get better for the second recap. Um, the Mountain's brother. The Hound. The Hound. The Hound and the Mountain and Bron. To me, those are some key characters that you don't. Necessary. You kind of overlook in season one, but they linger around for a very yeah, and very their effects, like what what they bring to the show, it really yes, it's a long time. They have a lot to to do. Um, more than anything, I just I love Bron as a character and him and Tyrion's relationship because it reminds me almost of like a Tarantino character, like the back and forth banter, the joking, the dark humor. I can see that. I mean, he gets in season one. Doesn't isn't he? Doesn't he set him up with that whore? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the one that he I mean, falls, he falls in love with that chick. <laughs> oh yeah, Shay. Yes. Yeah, yeah I remember her. Um, Hard to imagine that was on, that was so long ago. Yeah. All right. Well, I have some questions for you. I let's see. Is, well, let's we're, see. We're, we're coming up on an hour, but let me let me ask you these questions. I'm gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. So, right. First of all, where would you rate season one out of all the seasons? Without you know, obviously telling everyone. I mean, would would you rate season one the worst season, or would you put it more in the middle, or was it the best season? I would put it about lower middle. Like oh. if it were if we're talking like out of eight, out of eight seasons so far, I'd put it like a six. A six. Um. Just because it it's a little bit dry, a little bit boring, because it has so much to set up and not a whole lot of time to do it. 
There's yeah. not a whole lot in the way of action or like flashy set pieces or anything like that. But the story is tight. It's not. It doesn't have stupid moments like it does in some of the later seasons. It's. I I would say it's competent, um, but I don't really think a lot of people would understand Game of Thrones' popularity as a worldwide phenomenon if they just saw the first season. I agree. I was going to say, so to me, I would put it second to last. I don't think it's the worst season, and the only reason why I put it second, the only reason why I didn't put it as the worst season for me is because you do have to learn about all these characters. But mm-hmm. to me, there really wasn't the biggest wow factor. I mean, yes, the wall, the, the little things like that, I really enjoyed and I think were great. But the, there's seasons that are like, what the fuck? Like, the, you know, we talked about, which we're going we to be talking about in the season two recap. What happened at the, at the end of season two just kind of like left your jaw like, huh? Like, you yeah. know, like, so there's things every season besides like maybe five, but every season just kind of gives you <laughs> like a something and this one didn't really do too much i mean the dragons were pretty cool but yeah so to me i, I, think I would it's... say second to last so that's what i would say oh hello don't hear you what's up oh there you are hey welcome back yeah <laughs> okay all right welcome back as i was saying um as a, if it was a standalone season of television, I think it would be pretty mediocre. Yeah. Um, I can mostly appreciate season one for what it set up and what it created. That's about it. Yeah. Um, and and Sean Bean's excellent performance as as Ned Stark, I think, needs to be saluted. Uh, he took kind of a dry, kind of boring character from the books and made him like a really lovable character that I was really sorry to see go. You know, I really wish, um, you know, I, he needed to die because you needed to hate Joffrey more than you needed to hate Joffrey. I'm going to say this. One of the, one, well, we're going to talk about it later, but one of the best things that this television sh- series does is it's not afraid to eliminate actors, kill off people that you're attached to, and some of them that you, and, but, Joffrey, you need to hate Joffrey. Like, you need to have a heel. And he, you know, I fucking hate this little spoiled brat, but he was a good heel for when he, you know, for his time. He was a good heel. And which. Now, let me ask you a quick question. Who is worse? (laughs) Well, yeah, I figured that much. But uh, who is worse, Joffrey or Viserys to you? Joffrey. Oh, without, not, no hesitation, huh? Just, just boom. I have a. I don't know. Season two really set Joffrey up for me, <laughs> just which we'll talk about. But season two really made me fucking hate this little bitch. <laughs> yes, and, and and Viserys, you know, give him all the props you can. He died in the most brutal way. Yeah. That to me, if 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 I had to pick a moment where we were talking about where it became from, a, I'll watch the next episode to I have to see the next episode. That would be that moment for me. The crown of gold moment was my crowning moment of this entire fucking show. It was, uh, it was pretty, you know, I was watching a recap with my wife and she was kind of paying attention, looking up, looking down. And she saw that and, and looked right back down. <laughs> she was like, 
what the fuck kind of show are you watching? <laughs> like, like what your parents would say to you. Yeah. Man, you think that's bad. You should see him, you know. You didn't look up when, he, you know, his sister was getting railed in the ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> By a guy about twice her size. Yeah, by Aquaman. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> While we're on that subject, I actually, I tried to get my parents to watch Game of Thrones when I first started getting really big into it. Yeah. They said, oh, sure, that sounds fun. I like fantasy. And when they think fantasy, they think, like, Lord of the Rings and shit. So I got them, like, the first season on uh, on 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 Torrent, because I was still torrenting back then. And my my dad texted me and said, you know, we got to the part where the midget's having a threesome. What the fuck is this show? <laughs> <laughs> and he I'm told gonna... me later... It's, it's like, dude, it's like softcore porn. What the fuck are you kids watching these days? It's like you gotta stick with it, man. I promise. It's it's, it's like a it's a political drama and stuff. It's if Lord of the it's, Rings it's, was on HBO, this is what, yeah. uh, this is what Orlando Bloom would be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> just just look at Tyrion as Gimli. Only you know, it'd be fuck elves would be fucking each other. <laughs> yeah, there's no place uh, for them. Uh, but yeah. yeah, all right. Well, that. I guess wraps up uh, the season one kind of talk. The mini, uh, yeah. Any extra things think, you want to throw in there for season one? I mean, season one, it was a good season. Introduce people. Uh, yeah one 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 thing I will mention just just you know just on the way out. Do you remember Yorin from the Night's Watch, the guy who was taking Arya up north to go see John? Uh, when oh, he kind of oh. looked like the guy from. Guy kind of looked like a guy from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. Irish guy. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Well, that, was when... that dude went out like a fucking badass. <laughs> yes. Yorin, I will never forget you, you great Irish bastard. Rest in peace. Yes, rest, rest in, peace. in peace. Oh, mm. man. What a show. Yeah, that about wraps me up for season one. What about you? Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean,. We could just spend a whole hour talking about the politics, but fuck that. I'm done with politics. <laughs> <laughs> you go to fantasy to get away from them, not run towards them. Yes. All right. 